Section 47 of Young Folks' Treasury, Volume 3, edited by Hamilton Wright, maybe. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Ellen Preckle. Simple Susan 11, The Prize-Giving So matters stood on the day of the long-expected prize-giving and ball. Miss Barbara Case, stung by Susan's bees, could not, after all her efforts, go with Mrs. Strathsby to the ball. The ballroom was filled early in the evening. There was a large gathering. The harpers who tried for the prize were placed under the music gallery at the lower end of the room. Among them was our old blind friend, who, as he was not so well clad as the others, seemed to be looked down upon by many of the onlookers. Six ladies and six gentlemen were chosen to be judges of the performance. They were seated opposite to the harpers. The Misses Somers, who were fond of music, were among the ladies, and the prize was in the hands of Sir Arthur. There was now silence. The first harp sounded, and as each harper tried his skill, those who listened seemed to think that he deserved the prize. The old blind man was the last. He tuned his harp, and such a simple sad strain was heard as touched every heart. All were delighted, and when the music ceased there was still silence for some moments. The silence was followed by loud cheers. The judges were all agreed that the old blind harper who had played last deserved the prize. The simple, sad air which had moved all who listened was composed by himself. He was asked to give the words belonging to the music, and at last he modestly said he would repeat them, as he could not see to write. Miss Somers took her pencil, and as the old harper repeated his ballad she wrote the words. He called it Susan's Lamentation for Her Lamb. Miss Somers looked at her brother from time to time as she wrote, and Sir Arthur, as soon as the old man had finished, took him aside and asked him some questions, which brought to light the whole story of Susan's lamb and of Attorney Case's cruelty. The attorney himself was present when the harper began to repeat his ballad. His color, as Sir Arthur steadily looked at him, changed from red to white, and from white to red, until at length he suddenly shrunk back through the crowd and left the room. We shall not follow him. We had rather follow our old friend the harper. No sooner had he received the prize of ten guineas than he went to a small room belonging to the people of the house, asked for a pen, ink, and paper, and dictated in a low voice to his boy a letter which he ordered him to put at once into the post-office. The boy ran off with the letter, and was but just in time for the postman's horn was sounding. The next morning Farmer Price was sitting beside his wife and Susan, sorrowing that his week's leave was nearly at an end, and that they had not enough money to give to the man who was willing to go in his place, when a knock was heard at the door. Then the person who delivered the letters in the village put one into Susan's hand, saying, "'A penny, if you please, here's a letter for your father.' "'For me?' said Farmer Price. "'Here's the penny, then. But who can it be from, I wonder? Who can think of writing to me in this world?' He tore open the letter but the hard name at the bottom of the page puzzled him. Your obliged friend Llewellyn. And what's this? he said, opening a paper that was enclosed in the letter. It's a song, seemingly. It must be somebody that has a mind to make an April fool of me. But it is not April, it is May, father, said Susan. Well, let us read the letter, and we shall come to the truth all in good time. Farmer Price then sat down in his own chair and read as follows. My worthy friend, I am sure you will be glad to hear that I have had success this night. I have won the ten-guinea prize, and for that I am much indebted to your sweet daughter, Susan, as you will see by a little ballad I enclose for her. Your kindness to me 
has let me learn something of your family history. You do not, I hope, forget that I was present when you were counting the treasure in Susan's little purse, and that I heard for what purpose it was all saved. You have not, I know, yet made up the full sum you need. Therefore, I will be glad if you will use the five-guinea bank note which you will find within the ballad. Pay me the money again when it suits you, and if it never suits you to pay it, I shall never ask for it. I shall go my rounds again through this country, I believe, about the same time next year, and will call to see how you are, and to play the new tune for Susan and the dear little boys. I should just add, to set your heart at rest about the money, that it does not distress me at all to lend it to you. I am not quite so poor as I appear to be, but it is my wish to go about as I do. I see more of the world under my tattered clothes than, perhaps, I should ever see in a better dress. There are many of us like this, and we are glad, when we can, to do any kindness to such a worthy family as yours. So fare ye well. Your obliged friend, Llewellyn. Susan, now, at her father's bidding, opened the ballad. He took the five-guinea bank-note while she read with surprise Susan's lamentation for her lamb. Her mother leaned over her shoulder to read the words, but they were stopped before they had finished the first verse by another knock at the door. End of section 47